2: The sound you are listening to is the KMA Logan Transcend Drive, an overdrive pedal with a lot more under the hood than you'd expect. On the surface this fantastic transparent drive offers you a range of tones from harmonically rich preamp to a thick fat drive amp tone, but adding to this the ability to turn it into a brittle and biting mid-pushed coctoir is really where the versatility of this pedal comes into play thanks to a dedicated second-foot switch to engage the MIDI-Q push for solos for a second-gain stage. And you can even take complete hands-free control of the MIDI-Q frequency via a regular expression pedal input, making instant tonal changes on the fly as well as being able to unleash everything from fast and quacky wah-like tones to a slow and enveloping phasery filter sweep. The Logan really is an all-in-one overdrive solution. Now available worldwide via Audio Distribution Group or visit kma-machines.com. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast, the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. Mark Packham. Hello there. And Matthew Knight. Good morning. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Joe, did you say. Guitar nerd welcome to the Guitar Nerds, nerds, nerds podcast, podcast, the world's, the world's number, number one, one guitar, guitar nerds podcast. podcast.
2: No, the world's I said yeah, the, the world's number that one even guitar that's debatable. The guitar the guitar nerds podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Friday specials, a, specials are definitely better.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna start off a rival guitar nerds podcast and become the world's number one guitar nerds podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: guitar nerds two.
2: Yeah. Nerd, nerd, nerd harder.
1: The nerd nerd. Nerd harder. Yeah. A good day to nerd hard. Yeah.
2: Live <laughs> free die nerd. No. Uh, anyway,
4: what was, what was
2: the one Nerd 4.0? Uh yeah, but it wasn't called, it was only called Nerd 4.0 over here, wasn't it? It was um, live free Live free die hard guitar nerd. <laughs> yes, it yeah, was that over there. Definitely that. Um anyway, anyway, so this week, uh you know, as as usual because we we are on our, whatever our fourth something like that isolation based um podcast recording and because you know a lot of the sort of industry is is you know in 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 flux at the moment there isn't an awful lot of news so we are going to be uh focusing on quite a few questions from the guitar nerds facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum but there is a little bit of news for us to talk about as well which is cool, which is fun. Um, at this point, I normally introduce and welcome our new patrons. Thank you very much for joining us in this uh, tumultuous time. Uh, so, welcome to uh, Justin Ballard and to David Nagel. Thank you very much for becoming patrons. It's wonderfully supportive. What have
4: they uh, what have they got to look forward to, Joe? Because we're the uh Gear of the Decades just finished over on
2: Patreon, right? That's that's right, yes. It was the finale. The finale aired last week. So um so this week will be the first episode of a new podcast, a new Patreon series uh with myself and Matt Knight called The Pedals That Made Us. And uh each week on the Pedals That Made Us, me and Matt are going to be recounting a different time period in our sort of evolution. Uh, of you know pedal use from you know the very first multi effects that we bought through to sort of those basic Boss stomps then onto you know our first switches and how we became you know obsessed with pedals and we'll be talking through all those important things that helped shape us and you know many many others who. Uh, also love pedals, but yes, it will be the first episode of that, which uh, you can tune into now. You know, or when you finish listening to this one, listener, if you're uh, on the on the Patreon, worth um, mentioning as
4: well. You get uh, like access to the back catalogue as well if you sign up at over the five dollar tier. So there's like what, like maybe another three or four hundred <laughs> episodes on there to listen to that are like not in the main podcast feed.
2: Yeah, there's a massive back catalogue, and uh, thanks to a recent Patreon update, um, it now. Gives you access at the top of uh, of the Patreon page to all the different series that we upload. Everything from like bar chords to Guitar Nerd's Live, uh, then to Gear of the Decade, Gear of the Years are up there, separated as well, so they're easy to access rather than just scrolling back through a feed like you would on on a normal podcast app. So, yes, I wish good.
3: there was a way that we could feed every podcast into a word cloud
4: generator and see what words come out the best you could i reckon you could do that because you could try the problem with this podcast is like we talk about so many like proper nouns so even if you like do an auto transcribe it will pick up you know super slinkies as like something weird do you know what i mean super is inky or something like that um (laughs) super is inky strings yeah yeah totally (laughs) so Uh, Yeah, I think it would be difficult. Someone would have to go through and manually transcribe everything and then put it into a word cloud. You say someone. Well, it'd be (laughs) joking. I mean, he's the only one getting paid for this. (laughs) This
2: this would be worse than the time that Mark told me I had to take the episode uh, numbers out of the title of every single podcast we'd ever released.
4: Yeah, sorry about that. That's an iTunes thing. Um, worth mentioning as well, we're not that far off the old fifteen thousand, uh, not $1,500 a month mark, which is where we're going to unlock... Uh, well, firstly, we're going to film uh, and then unlock mod mode. Um, and uh, I'm quite Can't glad wait. it hasn't happened in the last few weeks because we wouldn't have been able to film it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, give if- us... Yeah, if you could just sort of slowly ramp up your patronage over about, I don't know, what, six weeks, however long, much longer this is going to last, and then we can actually film it for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to mod mode. It's only been sort of four years. Yeah,
4: I mean, we'll get around to it eventually. We've set a <laughs> lofty goal so that we can, you know, put it off for as long as possible. But, <laughs> do you know what? I actually got that strat out for the, um, the case the other day, which is going to be the mod mode strat. I've been doing is a bit it tight. a
2: Squire Affinity?
4: Squire Affinity, it was one of the FSR ones they did uh, in the metallic pink sparkle, um, because, you know, what better colour is there than that? Um and and HSH? uh it is hh um and so it's got just all the stock hardware at the moment i've got a set of shed pickups in the drawer that we were given yeah about four or five years ago when we first talked about this they're gonna go in there um and we'll probably upgrade a whole bunch of other stuff as well like the uh trend block i think we should do we should get a wiring harness thinking about replacing the neck as well um and yeah it's gonna be a whole series of videos Ooh, we should
2: get an aluminium neck
4: I'm not doing aluminium, but there is something that I've got in mind that I spoke to Jay about the other day that we might put on there, but we'll keep that secret for the uh, for the moment. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be good. To, you know, we'll we'll do a load of stuff replace the nut, replace the saddles, just to see how far you can actually push a Squire Strat. So yeah, if you want to see that and you're not already a patron, uh, do go to Patreon.com/forward slash Guitar Nerds, and um, for as little as one dollar a month, you can push us over that fifteen hundred dollar tier, uh, and we'll do mod mode. We'll shoot it. But yeah, give maybe you know six weeks <laughs> we, yeah, should go, we should go full weeks. stig
3: peterson and just make the body the headstock that's what I'm, yeah the, i'm all about that we'll, what we'll do is we'll,
4: we'll buy like one of those little replica strats and then we'll just chop the neck off that and we'll use that as the headstock and we'll chop the headstock <laughs> off the regular guitar and we'll fit some machine heads to that
2: i'm really into this this is a great idea um <laughs> we should we should we should
3: talk about him on an episode. We should we, we should review his bases. Maybe it's a Patreon special, just because I love the olive, the olive upright bass. It basically uh, it's just a, the body is a, a giant olive, and then the neck is the stick, and it's just got one string on it.
2: I've never seen that. What well, haven't you? No. Stig
3: Peterson plays in what's the name of
4: his band? Dad. Yeah, D A D. It's like Death D-A-D. at Disneyland or something.
3: Yeah, something like that. And I... he just. He plays a bunch of weird, weird guitars, including obviously the reverse P bass. It's a jazz bass. It's, I yeah, think, it's
4: a jazz. jazz. Hang on, one second. I just want to have a look and see what his band is actually called. Um, they, uh, no, hang on. I found Stig, Stig Roland Helmer Stickan Peterson, who is a retired Swedish high jumper. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not him. <laughs> He's um, my favorite.
3: But yeah, also the rocket bass, um, which was shaped like a rocket, and the neck was also in enclosed in the
4: body of the rocket. That's yeah. right. He had
2: to put his hand through it to to pick it, didn't <laughs> he? <Yeah. laughs>
4: Even so in this picture. Good. So this is just like a normal band photo uh, for his band. It's actually Disneyland After Dark is what they're called. Um, he's got a reverse-bodied Thunderbird with a, a you know, like a fender headstock. Two strings. Yeah, his
2: basses are normally two strings. Yeah,
4: tiny little thin neck on it, and it's he's just got basically like half a P bass pickup. But you know, one of the ones with the kind of big pole pieces, like um, oh yeah, Sandberg use, oh, uh, right. and it's got some sort of weird mirrored. I know it's like see through finish. I think the whole thing's acrylic and with red binding. Of course, you know, obvious. And he's Something wearing a leather ridiculous. waistcoat, so, you know, couldn't, couldn't be and much I, better. He's got so Nothing many great underneath. bases
3: we can talk about. The iPhone base. I <laughs>
4: don't even know what that is.
3: It's a giant iPhone with a two-string neck on it. Yeah. Wow. Um, But it looks like it's actually got a live camera in it, so he can record the audience yes, that's at the same right. time. I've seen playing. that,
2: yeah. He filmed the audience whilst he was playing it up.
3: Oh, that's so good.
2: <laughs> that's so what a good. ridiculous man. So uh, I also need to introduce again this week. We're uh, we're continuing on with our big pink giveaway. Um, so we've teamed up with Tate Effects and Marcus Deluxe pedal boards to bring you our big pink giveaway. Uh, the winner of the competition gets a load of pink stuff. So you get a a custom pink Tate Effects Antares Overdrive, a Guitar Nerd's pink Marcus Deluxe slatted pedal board, and then you get a whole bunch of pink accessories from Ernie Ball, so pink cables, pink wristbands, um, an Ernie Ball pint glass, and you even get a selection of Guitar Nerd's Gravity picks as well. And oh, this week. We're adding things to the giveaway. <laughs> yes, we're adding things. There's going to be even more stuff. So uh, first of all, we are adding um, a Bright Onion Pedals ABY in uh, in pink with a Guitar Nerds logo on the top of it. Um, so yeah, so you get your own special uh, Bright Onion Pedals um, ABY switch. Have you guys checked out the Bright Onions? website recently have you seen what they're doing now no i haven't
4: i but I did so, see you post the picture of the the kind of mock-up of this aby
2: yes and and listener I will be as soon as that arrives here i'll be showing you guys pictures of it as well well actually if you go on to brightonion.co.uk at the moment um dear listener you can in fact customize pretty much anything that they do everything's available in different colors um and you know, obviously Bright Onion Pedals were nice enough to add a Gitanad's logo in addition onto onto the ABY. Um but yeah, you can custom up you can have anything screen printed in any colour, which is uh which is very cool. All with their sort of custom online builder, all of their loopers and routing options, patch boxes, kill switches. Uh, Things like that.
3: cool. It it was interesting because I spoke to James after this because I actually, after you posted that, I was like, oh, yeah, I need need something for my pedal board. And he'd mentioned that he'd bought a new Roland UV printer. And I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot that at one point there was also a Roland DG group, um, which isn't actually part of Roland anymore. I think they split some time ago. But Roland DG is the... The cut it was a subsidiary of Roland, um, jockey that um basically makes printers, uh, like medical and dental robotics, vinyl cutters, benchtop millers, engravers, um, like massive, um, like printers that print like huge, like banners.
4: It's very weird. I'm on the website right now, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the Roland logo, but instead of being boss pedals, yeah, it's inkjet printing. Medical and dental, vinyl cutting, bench yeah. top milling. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. Laser
3: engravers, three D printers. Um, you wow. know, if you if you want, you know, you can buy a uh, Monofab SRM twenty compact milling machine. Um,
1: oh, yeah. I was I was actually going to reach out to you about that, Matt. Yeah, do do me a deal. You know, yeah, because on a milling know, machine. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would recommend. What's a milling I need doing?
3: I would recommend the Monofab ARM10 Rapid Prototyping 3D Printer at the um, great cost of £2,999. But I
2: can print anything, right?
0: You can print anything,
3: yeah. You could even print another 3D printer.
1: That's um, what I do. And, and then just send that one back?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, genius. Cool,
4: dude.
1: Have so- they got to a point where you can print like whiskey or anything yet because I assume that's what Joe's angling towards that
2: was, that was what I was thinking <laughs> yeah.
1: he basically wants it to be what? one of those machines from Star Trek with food yeah. replicator but yeah that's what I want Oh, yeah. yeah. Grey tea hot that's He's, what I that's want that's not what he says <laughs> he says tea Earl Grey hot Right, come about? on Joe yeah. I'm sorry I'm sorry goddammit
2: anyway so yeah that is, uh, that's pretty exciting so you get the ABY and we're adding another thing to the giveaway as well um, Ashdown are providing us with a custom pink route master single 15 cab
1: for the bass players out there um what do you mean bass in- players I- i'm on that for my car i just want to <laughs> hook-, hook it up to the hook it up to my stereo that'd be have fantastic that bump-
4: bumping in your trunk as, as it were yeah absolutely
1: yeah. yeah so i'll have a really nice loadout of uh, you know two three and a half inch speakers in the front and a uh 15 inch sub that'd be i, I mean I-, I can't see what could possibly go wrong
2: yeah absolutely yeah that's that it makes perfect sense but yeah so there's a massive amount of stuff you can win in the pink giveaway um, so entries open worldwide and all you've got to do is visit any of our social media channels, find the entry post and, uh, comment on that post tagging a friend who you think should also enter. And we're going to announce the winner on Wednesday, the 6th of May on the podcast. So you are get we, to the 4th of May to enter.
1: Are we suggesting that, uh, we can also, you know, if there's anyone else who wants to jump in on this, if there are other companies who want to add to the pink hall, yeah, we'll, you know... We'll, we'll take considerations of you know maybe if it's not something not if it's something boring like I don't know a base or something like that but you know if if someone has something interesting that is that they want to you know have as part of this we'll 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 let that be part of the giveaway.
2: If you want to get involved in the pink giveaway, then uh, then yeah, give us uh, drop us a line. We're uh, trying. To, I'm trying to add stuff to this pink giveaway every week to make it the biggest pinkest giveaway ever. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got three weeks left, I guess so. So yeah, so exciting times, a big load of pink stuff. Anyway, whew, right, so this week, um, so I've been continuing to check out uh, that massive board of KMA stuff that I got sent, and uh, so every week I'm trying to spend a little bit of time with with the pedal, like, because there's so many there, um, it's easy to just have a, a little playthrough of, of things, but I was trying to sort of... Deep dive on stuff, and so I had a little look at the uh, KMA Astro Spurt this week, okay. which is their which is their phaser. Now it's a, it's a fantastic sounding phaser. All I ever really want to do with phases is make them really slow, so it's like a really slow sort of arcing, um, very depthy phase. Um, so I kind of I'm 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 never too fussed about there being a lot of c- controls, and there are quite a few on this five uh, controls. Um, on the kMA asterisk but, but I was like that's fine i'm just going to use it to make that tone that I want and then I realized that if you take the back off, there are um there are four little dip switches and there are three mini pots in there as well there's a pulser bias and a gain mini pot and four individual dip switches which you can use in different combinations. To turn the phase, and not e- even into just a phaser, because if you if you engage like the first two um, switches, you can turn you can make the phase overdrive, so you end up with like a synth pedal, um, and then you can you can do things like uh, there's another one if you if you if you engage like the second and the fourth one, then you get like a fuzz sound. If you do the second and the th- and, and the third or the first and the third i think that not that it matters what order but you can get like octaves with you know along with the phaser so it's basically all these other cool weird sounds in you know accessible in the back of what was just an ordinary phaser and you can even like if you really mess around with it you can break it like you can make it all sputtery, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the term they go
3: for. Like we've given you all these extra controls so you can break your new purchase, <laughs> but um, as
2: in you can make it really sputtery. You can make it sort of the phase kind of glitch in and out, and it sort of uh, it judder like a, um, you know, like a fuzz pedal where you're sort of starving it, or any pedal when it's starved a battery, sort of thing. You can give it that kind of sputtery sound, which I was very into as well. But um, yeah. It looks ridiculous. I mean, you know, we saw sort of said every week this sort of stuff
3: is beyond crazy. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how it works. I mean, it looks like effectively what it's doing is your... Where you've obviously got the feedback control, which is, um, you know, sending the signal back in on itself. You can actually des- define which stage of the f- um, four stages that it gets sent back into. And then, yeah, that kind of changes the way that this kind of works but then yeah the fact that you can adjust things like the pulse or the gain or the bias is is quite cool because i think yeah you can um you can really tailor it and i can see why they've put those controls inside because it's not like something you're going to adjust on the uh on the
2: fly no no it definitely like it's the sort of thing where i kind of felt that those controls they took a lot of jiggling around to find something Uh, you know it's like very usable they're definitely the weird sounds are accessible in the back you know i'm glad that they've they've kept it to the sort of the functionality on the front and then if you want to just go nuts then there's more stuff to do in the back it's a It was very good. But yes. Talking about
4: um, talking about phasers, just a uh, slight tangent here. <clears throat> While we were looking at the news uh, today, I just uh, swung by the Premier Guitar Site and saw that they'd done a demo for the Seymour Duncan Pilaron, which is a pedal that I don't ever remember us talking about. Like, I don't even remember a news piece or anything like that coming on the no. radar, so I don't think we've even looked at it. Um, but the demo is super cool, um, and the, the pedal itself looks amazing. So it's... um. It's in a box that I'm not sure if they've done before. You know, the, the, the Seymour Duncan pedals that have been coming out recently have been those sort of like double-sized pedals, uh, thinking about the Palladium and the Dark Sun. Was yeah. it the, the, the big uh, Delay and Reverb one, Palladium obviously being the gain staging? This is in a kind of like medium-sized housing. You know, it's not a compact pedal, but it's not a big, you know, kind of Strymon size or anything like that. Um, and what's cool about it is the kind of at the the heart of it is a different you got a lot of control over the phaser stages so it does two two stage to 16 stage phasing um and Again, yeah, it's one of those pedals that you can get some kind of crazy sounds out of. Um, and it also allows you to save presets on there. So analog phaser, but with uh, must be a digital section because oh, you can save, cool. save I think, four presets or three presets. Um, and yeah, I was just really impressed by the sound. You know, phaser is really the only modulation that I'm kind of into. Um, and yeah, I liked it a lot. Definitely another one worth, uh, worth checking out.
2: So have you ever committed a phaser to like your home board or anything, Mark?
4: Have I ever had a phaser? The only one that has ever been on a board was. Do you remember the? I can't remember what it was called. We had it a little while ago. It was a mini pedal where they do two versions of it. One that's got uh, like wireless charging. X five. No, it wasn't X five. It was. uh, It was. I'm sure it wasn't X five
3: have the wireless charging.
4: Well, this was another company. This wasn't X Five. Oh. I will find it. Um, uh, it was Phaser. Keep talk about something else. I'll come Matt, back. Matt, what to do this.
3: you? What Phaser do you use at the moment? Uh, MXR Phase ninety. Oh, yeah. F- Is it the ninety? I thought you said the ninety-five. Ni- no, yeah. I, I I said ninety. Right. Uh, <laughs> I I was counting um, badly. Um, seems <laughs> to be a common thing at the moment. Um, yeah, for MXR Phase ninety-five. I ha- I had a phase ninety nine, which was two phase nineties in one box with independent pots for each one. Right. Uh, then I had what did I have after that? I can't remember. But the phase ninety five for me was the the is the as much as I hate mini pedals, it's the only pedal that fit in that space. <laughs> um, and it's almost yeah, like it's... they've got
1: a practical use, Matt. <laughs> oh.
3: Just, well, it's in a loop, so I don't actually have to touch it, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, it's a phase 90, but it's got both the script and non script version, and then the phase, uh, what is it? 40. 40. It's got, yeah, oh, the 45 oh. and the 90. Yeah. yeah. So it's half of a phase 99. I think it sounds great, but I've recently been messing around with an old 80s uh, Roland. Ph one r, which is the old Roland Phaser, which is also very very good, um, but yeah, the Phase ninety for me has always been the one. Jay, I'm the same. I, I kind of just I leave it on pretty slow, and then that and that's sort of it for me really.
2: Yeah, um, a good texture tool. I find it like a fast Phaser sounds a bit cheesy to me. Yeah, well, that's um, why I like vibrato because for me, vibrato
3: sits in the mix very well. Um, and you can kind of you know you can have the rate or the depth ramped up a little bit and it, and it sounds like an obvious effect where phaser too fast doesn't sound as almost as nice as univibe um yeah. you know if i was going to want something like that i'd ra- i'd much rather go for a univibe so, yeah yeah uni-vi- exactly. a
1: fast a fast univibe sounds a bit more organic than a fast phaser yeah I think. exactly yeah, yeah
3: univibe tends to sit in the in the kind of mix a little bit better i tend to find so yeah. um that's where I, i'm always at with that sort of thing i so, think a
2: lot of that's their early application as well like you know univibes are used on you know on early records that we've all heard and are accustomed to that sound whereas you know fast phasers maybe more of an 80s thing maybe a bit more cheesy so yeah, I remembered maybe. the
4: uh, I remember the phaser that I was into. Uh, so it's now it, what they were called F pedals. Uh, I believe they now have changed the name to F Audio Labs. Um, and the pedal was called the Phase Vibe. Wait, um, was, oh yeah, was that the company that did the Techno Foo? No, that was not. That was. Uh, Oh, I can't remember what they were called. But, um, yeah, so this this company is... It looks like they're basically um, out of a recording studio. um, And that pedal was a... um Eddie Kramer, signature um, famous recording engineer. Um, but they do a whole bunch of stuff. I didn't realize they've got one called, they've got, a, I think, a ring mod called the Robot Holic. Uh, they've got a synth fuzz called the Synthphonia. Uh, and then it looks like some new ones as well. Um, it, in fact, to be honest, it looks like they're all sold out right now. So yeah, I don't really know what's going on with them. But they, yeah, they do they do a load of plugins and they do analog pedals as well. And I hmm. think they also do some analog recording gear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, they don't. They do cables, plugins, and pedals. But yeah, uh, I remember that phase vibe being really good. Um, that's really the only phaser that I've kind of in, had on my board, or you know, felt any uh, need to put on my board. The um,
3: the the product that we were thinking of, Mark, was three sound, three sound,
0: yes, yeah, five sound, five uh, sound. Oh, which yeah.
3: um, just I would say go to their website. They've moved into steampunk, um, but also. <laughs> Also, still making guitar stuff. So they make a steampunk mini guitar valve amplifier. Um it's just got like crazy VU meters and stuff all over it. Um they make way more products than I remember them making, probably, you know, getting almost into that sort of electroharmonics uh <laughs> size of um catalogue. Um, also, Matty,
4: for two hundred and forty six dollars, get yourself the steampunk wall lamp. Uh, which is a steampunk-style wall lamp with a copper rose. Yes, uh, yeah. There's Love a steampunk.
1: yeah. That's a strange uh, kind of side gig to doing the pedals. <laughs> um, with, without wanting to turn this into the uh, phase nerds podcast, I have also been spending a little bit of time with phasers over the last couple of weeks. Can I uh, guess which brand? Well, I was actually going to say, I mean, I do have the Fender Lost Highway, but actually I've also got the Lillian here, the Walrus Audio Lillian. Oh,
0: yeah, um, you do.
1: Which, which I regret telling you because now you're going to want it back at some point. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just it's, I've, I've actually started to kind of pay attention to phases, like the Lillian I think is is really really good and yeah, it's walrus just yeah i mean all of the walrus audio uh, modulation stuff's really good but like the the lillian it kind of i feel similar to the lillian how i did to the jam pedals waterfall which is like the effect itself is so good it's made me take that group of effects more seriously Right. And now I understand why people like phases, and that like in the same way as I did when I first heard that Jam Pedal's "Waterfall" the chorus, I was like, "Oh, this is what chorus is, and this is why it sounds really good." And I get it now, um, and that's kind of what I've done with the Lillian as well. It's just changed my sort of mentality on uh, on on phases. So yeah. 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 Good uh good 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 phase of talk guys. Good phase yeah, of talk. There
2: was a good <laughs> phase of talk. Well done everyone. Well done. So I've uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my bass 6 um, uh, over the last week. My uh my old pre classic vibe the vintage modified squire base 6 that I have. And it's loads of fun, but I think and we've spoken about many a time that that really the you know the 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 bridge needs to be swapped out. Um for you know, for something else, for something a, a bit more, a bit more robust, and I, I really like it, but um, I t- I, I, t- I find that I find it difficult to keep in tune, and I find it difficult to down tune any further than it already is. So I was like, well, maybe I'm having a really good time on the basics. Maybe I should get like something that's not. Yeah, a £200 Basics. Maybe I should get something a bit nicer. So it started me on a Basics hunt. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd it, it, be interesting to hear if any of you guys have any suggestions on my Basics hunt before I go on to say for, what I found.
3: For me, because um, I've I've played one very briefly and I've heard one in a, in a kind of live scenario and I'm really into the Eastwood Sidejack baritone. Yeah um I think great guitars, really um good value for money. I mean the baritone deluxe uh, at the moment, on the Eastwood website, it's pounds The problem with VAT. the
2: baritone is it's actually only a 27-inch scale, and to get down into the tunings, I really need the 30-inch oh, scale. But they do do a side jack base 6. They which, do,
3: which I've got loaded here, which is nine seventy seven. so a little bit more yeah. expensive, obviously, a little bit more wood. Yeah, um, they do <laughs>
2: lovely gold hardware, um, black, yeah, black Moselite-style uh, uh, with a torque guard, or you can get it in cream with a black guard and black binding.
3: But um, what's super cool about the Eastwood website, if you haven't been on there recently, is every time you load it up, you get to spin the Wheel of Fortune, um, which um, lands you on a bunch of deals, which you then have 15 minutes to claim, including like, I think one of them was like 50% off. Um, and also they offer an easy pay system uh, globally by the looks of it, where you can split any guitar oh, over no. the course of six
2: months. <sighs> Don't uh, tell them that. It's <laughs> oh, <Not> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no.
3: s- straight through their website. So oh, um, That might have actually sealed it. Oh, which I think was annoying. cool. Easy play. Play today. Oh, Easy Pay play today. Easy Pay, yeah. Um, they,
2: they actually, they also do another um base six uh, based on uh, an old Tysco base six, which you can get in green or sunburst, I think. And it has an F-hole. It's a solid body with an F-hole, but the F-hole just goes the whole way through. So it's like a monkey handle.
3: Oh, sort of God, really? It's,
2: yeah, like this <laughs> like like the old Tyscos that um that, that that were made. So it's, it's very much like that. Uh, the problem is I don't really like the sunbursts that East would do across the board because they're like poly sunbursts. They tend to look like poly sunbursts. So I'd want to get a non-sunburst finish in that one. And the only other colour option is green, which is definitely in my colours that I'll accept category. But it's kind of, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a little bit light, the green. I, I need it to be richer and darker, more regal looking. What's um, the
4: um, so? What's the minimum scale length that you could have for setting a baritone up as a base six?
2: So I, I wonder if you're going to stumble across a similar thing that I've stumbled across here. Now I would say thirty inch scale, but a twenty nine and three core I do think is pretty close to that. You know, so uh, but well, I definitely I mean, couldn't did, do it on a twenty seven.
4: Given my uh, recent discovery that I actually love Dan Electro guitars, Dan Electro make a baritone uh, these days, which is uh, 29 and three-quarter neck on there. Is it? Um,
2: Oh, I didn't realise. Yes, it
4: is. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, it's based after the kind of, uh, you know, the single cut shape, the U2 shape um, yeah. and six uh, six saddle adjustable bridge rather than, you know, like the wooden bridge of, for example, the guitar that I've got. So <clears throat> intonation should be easy enough to sort out. Uh, it's the the kind of uh, six in line headstock as well which i think would probably help uh with getting this thing in tune and, and stable um and it comes in two colors i think i think you've got oh no hang on oh god the way they do colors on their website is very odd you click yeah, a button you click on the then button it cycles and it switches through the button so yeah. you've got silver sparkle black sparkle black red or silver sparkle again so um, wow, yeah the silver sparkle. sparkle one looks absolutely amazing and Both of they are, are according acceptable. to the dan electro website 499 USDs oh.
2: Uh, oh. on the website. <gasps> that is an excellent price. Oh, that's a very exciting option. So the, the other option and, that I'd... Oh, no, go on.
4: I was going to say, and the neck... I think the bridge pickup probably won't sound great, but the neck pickup for a Base 6 would probably sound really nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds very cool and and a good price, and I'm a sucker for a Dan Electro and a glitter finish, so that sounds very cool. The other thing that I stumbled across, which was a 29 and three quarter inch scale baritone, which I reckon I could definitely get into sort of basics um, tuning, was the Gretsch G5260 Electromatic baritone, which you can get in jade grey. Um there's, uh, there's there, I, I'm so, pretty sure they were limited edition in this finish as well. Guitar Nerds is brought to you in association with Faith Guitars. Based right here in the UK, Faith Guitars are designed by British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle, who has been hand-building guitars for decades for some of the biggest names in the business. Founded in 2002, Faith guitars have been voted the UK's best acoustic guitars five times in a row by both the public and panels of music industry experts, so you can be confident in your new Faith guitar. Like all quality acoustics, Faith guitars are made of all solid tone woods, so you can be sure they'll start off sounding great and improve year on year. Faith don't use laminated woods. But you'll be pleased to know that despite the all solid tone woods, the superb specification and handmade construction, Faith Guitars are still affordable, with prices starting at around £450, or US dollars Discover the range at faithguitars.com, and then visit one of the many UK or European retailers to try them for yourself. But hold up! If you're in the USA or Canada, you can buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com. And by using the coupon code NERDS at the checkout, you can get an exclusive 10% discount. So, in the UK and Europe, check out the guitars at your local dealer or faithguitars.com. But for North American listeners, buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and use the coupon code NERDS for a special 10% off at the checkout. That's USA coupon code NERDS at the checkout. Faith Guitars, award-winning acoustics designed right here in the UK. Ernie Ball is excited to announce that the highly anticipated volume pedal junior tuner pedal is here. It's the perfect combination 2-in-1 pedal offering precise volume control with an enhanced definition digital tuner. The pedal features a fast and accurate chromatic tuner with a graphic volume display that's visually attractive and easy to operate. The large display automatically switches between tuner and volume modes depending on the signal level, allowing players to tune at a minimal volume level. However, other always-on configurations are also accessible via double-tapping the touchscreen. The tuner can be calibrated to a variety of ideal reference pitches, and its compact, rugged design consists of aluminium housing and features a stronger, more durable PVC-coated Kevlar cord, ensuring consistent tension throughout the foot sweep. Available in silver, red, white, and black. Visit ErnieBall.com to learn more. Now, back to the podcast.
1: I I think that that was originally a base 6 I'm sure that when I started a GAC, that was a base six. and then at some point it's it like they stopped putting it with all wound strings and started bringing it out with you know in in baritone tuning. I'm I'm sure it was a base yeah, six when I, I first, I, when I first started.
3: I agree with that, Jay. In fact, I have a bizarre feeling that um Old GAC employee Lewis Porter actually demoed it once as a base six, and then I think it started shipping with baritone strings. Or it was always a base six, and then when he demoed it, it was it, he was playing baritone. One of the two, but right, okay. definitely at one point it was it was E to E tuning. Yeah, um, because I'm sure I remember coming across someone once who was trying to tune it up to um, <laughs> to B. <laughs> um and then yeah it was never going to happen
2: well it's it's very cool that one because it's the jet body shape um but with like an elongated bridge piece for the for the longer strings so you get those two um you know Gretsch style pickups in there it is a bolt-on which is a shame for the Gretsch, but um if you get it in the in the jade gray then it it comes then the neck is properly finished um, I remember on the Black Sparkle ones, which are the guitars we're talking about that used to be at GAC, it used to be like a maple neck on there, which which never felt right to me on a on a Gretsch body. But this one, at least the neck is finished, so it, it kind of makes up for the, the bolt onness. Um But I, I'm not sure now. That Dan Electro is also a great um, option. I think I'm probably getting better quality with Gretsch for not a lot more money.
3: Why don't you just play a six-string bass? Don't be ridiculous. This is about. I, I, I Fender looking. made a great one for Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> um, I
2: think that would be really suitable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. No. I, I, I'm. I'm fine. I want something cool and retro. Um,
1: Sorry. Speaking of the the Alien Ant Farm base, Joe, we haven't talked about the quiz at all. We haven't at all. talked about the quiz. No. You should. You should talk about the quiz, and you know, if anyone missed it, we should. Give them a little bit of a, a rundown of what what you got up to.
2: Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so uh, this this week uh, or last week rather, we um, we did our first ever Guitar Nerd's Facebook quiz. It was very good. We uh, we hosted it via a, 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 a live stream on our on our Facebook group, and uh, where I gave you a gave all the all the participants a link to the answer sheet, and then I asked. Uh, eight rounds and one one bonus round, all about me, um, and uh, yeah, there was it was great. I think I made it a, a little bit tricky because when I was when I was scoring, sort of certainly the average score was less than half points, um, and the winning score was you know was only sort of it was you know just less than two thirds. Um, So I think maybe it had made it a touch difficult, but it was great. There were rounds on everything from naming important years that things had happened to there were a round all about telecasters, a round about extended range guitars. There were speed rounds. There was was multiple choice rounds about signature models. There was something for everyone. But of course, all the nerds hosts who weren't me played uh, in this quiz. So it was very important that they all um, lived up to... Uh, to the name of being uh, guitar nerds and and actually perform well, which you all did, which I was very very happy about. Um, so we I did the results the next day. Everyone got in the top five, which is good out of the nerds lot. Um, although, you know, I say that that there were uh, second place was a tie of four people. So,
4: yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's unfair. I think it should have been, <laughs> you know, first and second are the people that finished first and we had a tie. You know, we should have done tie breakers, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, I, then I, well, could have, I could have been the definitive winner. Well, yes, because
2: that was that was right. The uh, the Mark Packham living up to his his sort of nerdy demeanor came first, um in, in uh, tied first with Joe Puttick uh, for first place, which was uh, um it was very impressive. Mark, He did a played a blinding round. I tried I my think,
1: best. I think once I think once this is all over, we should have a tie break and it should be a five k run. I think that should be whoever <laughs> whoever runs five k fastest is the winner of the quiz. What what do you think to that, Mark?
3: That's the real quiz.
1: That's the real quiz. Discriminatory over a pub. I don't think it's discriminatory at all. You I know, think you it's you know about it's... my asthma. I can't run that far. I've got asthma. Yeah, not I've as got... bad. I've got
4: asthma. I've got... <laughs> I've got. I've also not only am I number one in the quiz. I've got number one asthma as well. And no, no, like, no. I don't 5K. think
1: your asthma is as bad as mine. Okay, I tell you what. What to, to settle? Who's got the worst asthma? Right. What we should do is we should um, do a five k run and uh, whoever. Uh, finishes first is has got the bet the the best asthma.
4: By finishes, do you mean like keels over? Because
1: that yeah. will be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Five yeah, k run. Yeah. I'm that out. Makes, that makes sense. I'll that take second sense. place if I'm honest. Oh, Joe and Joe Jay, Putt- Joe Puttick's the winner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Jay Cross, you managed to beat Matt Knight by a single point. Of course I did. We talking about? Of course I did. I, in all seriousness, so i was so annoyed. I was so annoyed that Mark.
3: Be- oh no! I always knew Mark was going to win and then be smug about it. Uh, I reckon he I've was. Chi- I'm. I'm sure he was cheating.
4: When have I been smug about it? All I'm saying is, you know, you've recognised the best, and uh, that's all there is.
3: It, it, it was good actually because I, I I thought the quiz was incredibly difficult, and then when you're going through some of the answers, it's like oh, I, you know, I got a quite a few, but it was annoying because the very first question, um, I originally put the right answer, and I was like. That doesn't sound right to me, and then it was it was the right answer. Gold foils, gold foils in the Ron Thorne. What yeah, was the, the Magico? The Magico. Yes, I hear gold foils mentioned a lot recently. Actually, it seems to be the pickup
4: of choice, oh, for, absolutely for a
1: lot of people. The soup um, de
4: jour. Yes.
2: Yeah, I keep thinking about buying a Harmony Bobcat, one of the old Harmony Bobcats, and they, if you get the H fourteen model, that just came with a single gold foil, like right in the middle of the body. Very cool. Perfect, perfect fuzz guitar as used by Ben Howard and uh, Annie Clark of St. Vincent. Very, very cool. <laughs> anyway, I can hear the uh, the dulcet tones of the question duck, hollering that it is time for us to uh, to Wait, do some do,
4: question. Are we not doing news? Are the duck uh, superseded the news.
2: Uh, we can do some news. Would you rather do some news? The ducks just eager. Let's well, do some news.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's just a couple bits that I want to. Yeah, talk. we've there's got we've got to do news, to
3: so we can say we can do questions and then never actually
2: do them yeah yeah that's how it works joe you know the format of
4: this podcast
2: very well well here is the news jingle First up in the news, um, uh, Mark Packham. Hello, Mark there. Packham. You want to talk to us about some news?
4: Yeah, just something that came onto my radar today. The Daredevil pedals, uh, they're actually, the company's just called Daredevil, have uh, released the Hype pedal, which is a controlless boost, uh, just a, a high output FET boost. Um, and the reason that this sort of came on my radar is that I saw the video, which is a guy playing a telly, and he seems to sort of be kind of like purposefully he has he has this clean sound that's kind of a bit sort of limp sounding and he's kind of purposefully like messing up and then he goes to tread on the pedal and you're like yeah oh, it's gonna sound amazing when it kicks in and then he just takes his foot off and doesn't actually switch it on and then he does it again and he does it like three or four times and then he he's like playing this sort of like little riff and it's getting kind of progressively more sort of sloppy and then he kicks the pedal on you're like oh, this is gonna sound amazing then he just plays like one note and then the video cuts off and it's like totally worth a watch um for what <laughs> for what it's worth the one note sounds very very good indeed so i'm curious as to what this thing actually is um 89 street price so not a load of money like i said there's no controls on it just the on off switch uh hand wired true bypass uh nine volt as you'd expect and yeah go and watch the video it's one of the most intriguing demo videos i think i've ever seen and yeah i guess that is connected with the fact that it's called the hype pedal because yeah it's the video is just all hype and uh that one note sounds amazing so do go and check it out
2: very cool yeah it does it, it looks great it reminds me of the um the Sewer riot style uh pedals with the uh um, with that sort of graffiti logo,
4: yeah, it's just got it's literally just a white pedal with the Daredevil logo at the bottom, and then it's got a kind of um, spray painted sort of hype across the middle. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, I think it looks, it, you know, it's like I said, that one note sounds very good. Uh, I'm I'm into it.
2: And on the on the strings front as well, Matt Knight continuing uh, Ernie Bull's expansion.
3: Indeed. Um, Ernie Ball the company that made five sets of strings for years have now realized they need to keep up with modern day boutique string making um obviously in the last few years we've seen an explosion of various brands um all come out and and make a whole range of kind of crazy sets of strings for all the sort of modern players out there who want to be totally different from the original kind of five sets that um Ernie Ball and We've sound into diary of make. So Ernie Ball are from from March twenty twenty have released the Turbo, the Mondo, the skinny top, beefy bottom, the and the mighty slinky. Yep. Um we've we've we
2: spoken about all of those. They they were they, they were a fantastic addition
3: yes and then obviously we've got the new sets in july coming in which are the hyper slinkies the magnum slinkies and the skinny top heavy bottom seven string um so the hyper slinkies are an 8 11 14 wound 24 32 42 um so mix uh eights and nines So Uh, that's like
4: halfway between super slinky and extra slinky. Yes. Yeah. The combination
3: is perfect for players who are looking for added playability with minimal differences in tone and tension to super slinkies. Right. Um, So if you want to have the feel of nines, but the sound of Billy Gibbons, um then you probably want the hyper slinkies because obviously he uses the eights. Uh the Magnum Slinkies are twelve, sixteen, wound twenty-two. Oh, yeah. Uh, 32, Yeah. and fifty-six. Uh ideal for players who want the heavier set with a wound G, because obviously some of their really heavy sets um are plain, and that, that is like trying to bend a um like a steel rod sometimes.
2: I'm I'm into that. This is a great idea. Having yeah. Having the wound G is exactly what I want. Yes. On a set of 12s.
3: And then also uh, skinny top heavy bottom sevens. Uh, so 10, 13, 17, 30, 42, 52, 62. Um, so basically taking that uh, skinny top heavy bottom set, but just adding the um, correct one in for the seventh string.
4: Do um, they, um, do any Ball do a set of six string strings that
1: start at a 13? Not uh, even. No. Not evens. They were 13s No, not evens.
2: They? To, no, they're twelves, because uh, because Tim was trying to use move to thirteens, and there was nothing in the Ernie Ball catalog.
3: Well, let's let's have a look. Oh, yeah, um, not, not evens are twelve to fifty six. Yeah, th- they've got twenty. I think in that case different you different pr- products now. In their in their you'd probably a s- sorry, there you probably want Sorry, Go on.
1: Sorry, Matty. I didn't mean to cut across you there.
3: I, I was going to say that basically, um, you have got. <laughs> Unbelievably, you forget how many strings they actually make now. Uh, Extra Slinky, Hyper Slinky, Mighty mighty Slinky, slooper Slinky, Hybrid Slinky, Primo Slinky, Turbo Slinky, slinky, Regular Slinky, Ultra Slinky, Skinny Top, Heavy Bottom, Skinny Top, Beefy Bottom, Mega, Mondo, Power, Burly, Beefy, Magnum, not even. Mammoth. I'm I'm trying to get
4: through to... Wait, what's the heaviest? So it looks like... 12, 12, 12 62. 62. So what you could do is, because, you know, you do occasionally get people asking for 13s. Um, what you could do is buy the seven-string skinny top,
1: heavy bottoms. Or and... the seven-string regulars, I think, is what I used to recommend to people who wanted when I was yeah, in the I shop. I, I think but that's that, would what...
4: that would only go to a
1: 46, though,
4: whereas this... No, no, if, no you, not a if you want... It would well, go to a
1: 46... no, 56. 52, 50, 56, yeah. 56, whereas these 13 go to 62. 56? So these would give you mm, yeah, yeah, 13
4: so. to 62 if you were to, to to lose the top string. Very cool. Yeah.
2: What I want is an expansion in their bass strings as well. That's what I'm looking for. I want to be able to get a short-scale set of uh, 60 to 120s. <laughs> well, you okay. can get
3: a five-string banjo set
2: yes yes that's uh that's that's also (laughs) they actually
3: make a lot of strings like even in their electric range i forgot that obviously not only have you got slinky nickel wound you've got the paradigm slinky the cobalts the rps nickel wounds. then you even go into the m steels the slinky classics which is something i haven't seen for a long time slinky rps coated titanium uh stainless steel nickel wound custom gauges and obviously, then all their single strings, um, which you can build custom sets on their website. By the looks of it, uh, wait, what are
4: Slinky Classics?
3: Well, actually, hold on, Mark. Ernie Ball like ga- uh, the nickel wound um, custom the, the nickel wound custom gauges they actually do in a thirteen to fifty six. Well,
1: wow. okay. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, which are basically looks like... That's
1: weird. I think, that's, I think that's what I suggested as opposed to no, Mark going you, for that 62s, wouldn't it? No, it's not. Mm.
4: You said go for the regular Slinky 7s, and what I yeah. was saying... which goes to you 56. A, yeah, and if you want a 13 to 62, then you would get the seven-string skinny top. Oh, yeah, I suppose buttons. if
1: you want that really weird gauge that nobody would ever want, then, you,
4: yeah, you go with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, sorry. sorry, Jay, I forgot, like, metal exists and that. I know that you just listen to, like, I don't know, old stuff... But there's, like, people who want heavy gauges.
3: (laughs) I think it's uh, also important... Mark, do not question the
4: king of accessories.
1: I know all about accessories.
4: Well, clearly you didn't know that a seven-string skinny top heavy bottom set would be a good choice for metalers. So, who wins there? Well, that's...
1: Also, that string gauge doesn't exist yet because this, this doesn't come out until July, so... You know, sure, metal, someone you know, comes fixed. into Mark's guitar shop and says, "Oh, I really want some, uh, really want some thirteen gauge strings. Can you offer me anything?" And you will say, "Yeah, absolutely. You just got to wait here until July." Is that right? They will say, "Oh, yeah, okay." Whereas that's I good. would give them a, I give them a real solution. I give them a quick solution. A really, I'm a, I'm a customer focused guy. That's my, that's my problem. Who's Your problem is ahead, you're, though? you're a prick. Oh, I don't
4: know what to say now. I was going to say keep them in store till July they might buy something else you never
2: know. Well, as much as I'd like to spend the next 20 minutes talking about string gauges, I am going to move us on to the uh, to the questions, the is, the is question, the question, question is about strings. <laughs> the first question is can in can fact about 13s? strings. <laughs> 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 yeah, so so we've uh, we've got a load of questions here from the guitarheads Facebook group. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nodes forum first question from Greg Hop who says what is the best value for money effects pedal I don't mind what it is I just need something fun for the lockdown so what is you know what is the best value well, and I guess if it's got to be if it's not just you know sort of what's the best sounding thing that's cheap it needs to be something that's going to be fun to to play as well something that's surprisingly good for its money I think that's what we're looking for here
4: can I make a suggestion Yes. X5 Golden Brownie. Uh, We've often talked about it being one of the best value for money pedals out there. 42 quid. You can get one for right now. And it is a very, very good Marshall Plexi uh, kind of amp in a box style pedal. Um, I think we were all sort of blown away. What, Four years ago, when we were demoing it, I think it was in Gear of the Year 2016. Yeah, um, and yeah, they're des- you know designed by Thomas Blug, uh and just a great pedal, great sounding pedal for under fifty quid. I've got I've got another one, um, Tone City Fux Fuzz.
3: Pardon, uh, F U X X. Okay, um, thirty nine ninety nine. Basically, a kind of clone of a sort of. Octave up, um, sort of 60s fuzz, um, kind of gives you that sort of ridiculous, sort of glitchy fuzz sound. Under 50 quid. Really fun. Really J-Cross.
1: Really uh, I'm uh, My suggestion is a little bit more money uh, b- and a little bit more classic, but I'm going to go back to the old guitar nerd staple. Line 6 M5, 89 yeah. quid. It's got basically every effect in there that you that you'd want, and uh, yes, yeah, super fun, super easy to use. Are they still produced,
2: or would you yeah, buy one second hand now? No, 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 wow. still
1: still available. Um, just having a quick look on here on the internet. Uh, yeah, but uh, looking on one website here, they're up at a hundred quid, but there are other places where you can get them for less than hundred quid. So yeah, line six I mean line six M five, classic bit of kit. Seems to have kind of got a little bit lost with all of the newer generation of releases from Line Six, you know, the the Helix and the HX stumps and everything. But M five, classic bit of gear. And a uh, you know, a great little option when uh, when you want something fun and interesting. Oh, actually, that that
3: does lead me on to one thing, and I've been thinking about buying one again, probably for like the tenth time. Second hand, line six DL4. Yeah I mean Yeah, I mean how much so is a DL4
2: secondhand these days? Like
3: a hundred quid. Wow. I mean, they're just they're so much fun. The looper mode more than anything, still one of the the best looper modes out there for kind of creating sort of weird and, and wacky sounds. Um
2: yeah, deal four. Yeah, very cool. I think. Uh, yeah. I
4: think. Oh, so I was going to say, for the same or even less money, you could actually get the FM 4 as well, which is the filter modeler, which gives you all the kind of synth yes. craziness. Um, and yeah, you could probably pick one up cheaper than a DL4. You could probably get them for like, I don't know, 80 quid or something. And uh, yeah, that would give you loads to play with. Joe, quickly before you suggest something, the one I was, the second one I was going to suggest was one that we've always talked about loads Digitec based synthware. because there's loads on there. They sound great. They've been used on a bunch of really famous tracks. And you can use usually getting for like you know 50 quid something like that wow. turns out no 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 they <laughs> are now going for over 100 quid I was gonna what? Say, what? in a lot of places yeah they, they were like keep... 20 quid new when we left GAC. people have been listening to the podcast they've been listening to us and yeah it looks like prices on those are skyrocketing yeah, wow. that is
2: crazy there's wow. the guitar version of that, though, as well, which is also rather good.
4: Doesn't sound as good. The bass one, as with any synth pedal, the bass version, if there is one available, is a better option than the guitar yeah. one. Exactly yeah. the same with the electroharmonic synths. Um Yeah, the the bass version is the one to go for.
2: My, uh, my sax player actually uses one.
4: Well, then maybe that's why they've gone up in uh, in value, Joe. <laughs> the uh, as the explosion of mainstream into mainstream popularity of prog math rock or
2: whatever In- it is instrumental uh, prog math n- yeah.
4: now that you're all over you know like gap adverts and that um <laughs> you know that's why yeah
2: yeah absolutely so my suggestion for this is i guess something that we have spoken about recently but it's always it's you know it's always going to be something that's picked you know caught your attention um Uh, with this sort of thing the the moor a7 so a little bit more money because these Mm. are 99 pounds but i think what you're getting for um for 99 pounds in that ambient seven uh pedal uh, is incredible like seven unique you know different sounding um weird huge reverbs that you can you know, you can take into absolutely crazy territory or you can use relatively traditionally um, as well. Just an absolutely amazing pedal. The sort of, the the level of like quality reverb that people invest, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds on Strymon equipment um, available, you know, at the touch of a button on the little Mua A7. I've I've been incredibly impressed with that. It's, uh, yeah, just the sort of reverb tones that you think are kind of, you know... Price restricted, basically. I just seem to be uh, very, very available on uh, on on that unit. A very good pedal, indeed. Um, I'd really like to try up. those.
1: At, um, once you Enough. know, once we can see each other and stuff again. Um, yeah, because like that, I'd like that to entire range is. Have you got yeah. all of them?
2: I have. I've got all all four. I think there's four. So there's a reverb, a delay, an ambient. The ambient seven is separate from the reverb. Yeah. Um, And uh, the synth pedal as well, which is the synth unit off of the GE 300, the Moore um, answer to the Helix, but... um all of well, them are you can pounds.
1: you can, you can keep that one, but the uh, the <laughs> ambient and the delay one, uh, I'd love to try those.
2: Yeah, they are they are very cool indeed. Um, next question from Chaz Barnes says, um, which amp brand would you like to see have a go at making guitars that doesn't currently, and conversely, which guitar brand would you like to see making amps? Um,
3: um, I think we had this question in last week, which we we never answered, but I did have a thought. Uh, guitar brand that I'd love to see make an amp um, just for I bet it would just look amazing millimetric guitars oh that's a good that's Uh, a good shout um, I I can see this kind of you know really sort of awesome like amp shape not just a a square with like clear control panel or something like that so you can see all you know like they do on the back of their guitars but on the top panel of the amp so you can see all the controls and everything underneath um
2: I'm I into know. that. I mean, Hughes and Ketner do that, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm but into that. with
3: Hughes and Ketner, you just get the Hughes and Ketner logo. You don't actually get like the actual panel with all the control knobs on it that's clear, so you can see like all the pots and the wiring and everything. Like imagine turning around the back if the the chassis was made out of like picture of Blues Junior. But instead of, obviously, a metal chassis, it's Perspex, so you can see all the wiring and everything inside.
2: I'm into this. This, That's actually a really good idea, going for a brand that have a really strong aesthetic um, look that isn't necessarily, you you know, that's different from everything else out there. So, uh, yeah, Yeah, that's a a good shout. Um, Mark Packham?
4: Do you know who I'd really like to see making amps again? Gibson. Um, Because I think at the moment, they don't currently make anything at all, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just gonna double check that. Uh does Gibson still make amps? Uh, no, so. Uh, I don't think they do at all. And I think that's a real shame because, you know, some of this stuff in the past has been really revered, but I do think it's been so long since they've done, uh, you know, a decent amount of amps, um, that we've sort of forgotten that they have made amps in the past. Um, so I would really like to see that. I'd love to see what they would do with it. You know, are they going to go head to head with Fender and do a kind of
2: whole product line, or is there just like a couple of custom shop things that they could do? Um, just bringing back sort of the, you know, the 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 stuff from the past would be great. They don't even have to make new things. Like reissuing yeah. old stuff would totally. be fine.
4: There's reissues really to do, or you could really, you know. Take those designs but give them a real modern twist um i think it'd be super interesting to see what they would
1: do with it so yeah gibson is my answer oh yeah very very good indeed i would definitely be up for that j cross I'm, i'm not necessarily sure if it's a company i'd like to see do an amp but a company who i'm surprised don't is tc electronic you know they do obviously they're one of the leading pedal guitar pedal brands and they've got all of their bass amps but they've never Ported that over to guitars, and I just find it a bit weird, more than anything, because it seems like an obvious, uh, you know, extension to their product line, and they've just never done it. And I sort of don't really understand why, because they've clearly got the expertise, they've clearly got the, uh, the the technology there to to do it. I wonder if they've just never been able to, you know, make something that kind of feels different enough, because. You know, those the T C electronic bass amps were especially the you know, the cheaper stuff was really good value. Um but yeah, I guess that's that's kind of a, a weird one.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it for me, like on the on the Converse, I'd love to see someone like Milkman make guitars, but then I kind of guess that they would end up being a bit like, you know, all the the kind of the the like cower and uh um Jennings and all those sorts of brands. That would be sort of the obvious thing. Um, yeah, I think um
3: you know I think this maybe this question is kind of yeah loaded a little bit more towards guitar brands that kind of make interesting instruments that would make an interesting looking amplifier. Um, yeah. So I yeah I would I would almost take it a step further and look at brands like Cower for example. Get them to design a Sort of retro looking guitar amplifier, but then get someone like Milkman to actually like build the oh, gutsman. I that's example. yeah,
2: that's the dream. I, I think um, amps amps have like a you know, I don't think we're really going down a very um, everything looks the same at the moment. I'd love to see people, um, I'd love to see a few amp bands try something a little different. I basically would love to see a Yamaha TA60 um back again that would be that would be the the dream i don't mind if yamaha make it or if, if someone else makes it but do, do you guys remember the TA60
4: i don't i need to look that up from the
2: up. 70s yeah look it up so um so it was yamaha's i think it was their first uh, foray into making guitar amplifiers and as with everything as with like the SA5 and you know any of the SA those, those guitars that they made that were you know the banana guitar and the samurai guitar they, they were all such weird shapes yamaha would never like uh you know, were never bolted down by having to make stuff that looks like other people's things. And they wanted to make something that looked different. They were also thinking about the fact that at the time in the 70s, amps were thin and tall and could get knocked over easily. So they were trying to make something with uh, a decent, like, centre of gravity. So they so made... So what you're
4: saying, a wider bass than the top. Exactly.
2: So they, they made a huge, tall, wedge-shaped um, uh, guitar amplifier with uh, with all the inputs on the down the left hand side, all, all the controls top mounted on a very thin top, um, and then yeah, it went down into down into a wedge with a nice sort of suitcase handle on the side. Um, See,
4: I like to think that they were all sat around one day, lovely cheese board out, and the designer <laughs> just looked at the nice traditionally cut wedge of cheddar and went, "Sure, that could be an amp."
2: yeah
4: (laughs) that's why um
3: i always liked tone king amps um because they made if i remember it was the falcon grande uh which was the one that looked like a tv so all of the controls um were down one side like a like a 50s television um and the i'm sure at one point was it this brand no, it wasn't this brand. I remember there was this, someone who did something similar. It was Hovercraft um that were um, they're not really making that many amps at the moment. I think he's more into like making custom motorbikes. Um but he actually did make a amp in an old like 50s TV set with those kind of like long wooden legs. Amazing. Um, That's cool. Yeah. They definitely could. But the Falcon Grande from Tone King uh which is a kind of I think, was based on an old 5E3 style circuit, which had a three position sort of um, kind of tone control and then like a three position, like attenuated control that was like foot switchable. That's definitely very sort of, um, retro-looking. Yeah, that's Similar
2: what I want. want. More wooden legs on guitar amplifiers. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> takes what about
3: away that? all the bass response
4: probably. What about that um, Ibanez Tube Screamer amp that came out a little while yes. ago? Maybe. Like I wondered if that would seven. get mentioned. Yeah, what a weird thing for them to put out. They were just like, oh yeah, we're going to take a Tube Screamer and build it into an amp, but it's going to have like little wooden legs on it. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was. A but I can't weird find it product. now. Oh, there we go. Ibanez TSA Five VR Five Watt Tube Combo. Really, sort of retro looking. Oh I might see if I can get one of these for home. You know, I bet I, they're not that much money. I don't remember I, them I, sounding I,
1: fantastic. I remember them sounding okay, but they just look amazing. Uh, I wonder if uh, prices will have gone up on those because. Maybe a year or so ago, Ryan Burke from Sixty Cycle Hum did uh, like a load of videos, and a, and like they just talked about it loads on the podcast, um, right. and it kind of gave it a bit of a new lease of life. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have gone up in value a little bit because of you know the. Uh, the, the, our our, our taste maker friends down there in uh, in Southern California have uh, <laughs> have, uh, have been working their magic. Presumably, they you know bought a couple and uh, were sitting on them and saw it as an investment, which is yeah, what they what they do. They're very crafty. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But the, my overriding uh, memory of those amps is just how terrible the effects loop sounded, because like you you couldn't. Um... No, sorry, the, the other way around. How terrible pedals sounded. Unless you use the effects loop. Because the you couldn't bypass the fact that there was a tube screamer in like the front end of the amp. So you had to use the effects loop if you wanted to use any modulation pedals. Because otherwise they just it just sounded terrible. Yeah, it's weird if how they lay it out because like
4: yeah. I'm just looking at the top panel now. So you've got input, then you've got basically four controls that govern the tube screamer. So you got overdrive tone level and then i think there's like a two voicing switch on there then you've got three band eq treble bass oh no sorry two band eq treble and bass and then you got amp overall amp volume and then overall reverb so essentially the tube screamer is the channel of the
1: amp. yeah 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 very yeah. weird That's yeah so and weird. It, it was just it was so difficult to uh like it, it it's the complete opposite of what You know, people look for nowadays, which generally is like kind of a pedal platform. Like you couldn't use it as a pedal platform because it had a a really distinct, distinctive sounding drive pedal hardwired into the front end of the amp. You know, it's a bloody nightmare. Yeah, they do look great though. Oh yeah, they look they look great. Yeah, you can you can get them for a couple of hundred quid. Oh okay, that's not too
4: bad.
2: That's not too bad at all. Now we are drawing towards the end of this week's free episode of the guitar nerds podcast you can of course listen to an entire extra episode of guitar nerds every week over on our patreon site patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. You can also find it in the description of this episode. As we mentioned, um, this week's Patreon special is going to be the first episode with me and Matt, uh, The Pedals That Made Us. So we're going to be talking... We've spoken about pedals quite a lot this podcast, but there's going to be more pedal talk in the uh, in the Patreon.
1: Can I just um, clarify something for a sec, Joe? You, yes. you, you, what you said there and what you often say is, if you want to hear more of this, you can head over to our Patreon side and listen there, but... You can listen to the Patreon stuff through your normal podcast app. You just get another yes. link sent through that absolutely. has everything. You can, just yes. Yeah, it, just in case people are aware of that, because I absolutely, if the only option, if the only way to listen to more stuff was to go to a website and listen to it, I would not be doing it. No, so just in case people Everyone's... don't understand that side of things, yeah. If you become a Patreon backer, you get a new RSS feed, a new link, basically, that you paste into your podcast app, and then... Uh, everything just comes through as it would normally. Yeah, you'll get like every week, you'll get two episodes rather than one, which will be like
4: the regular podcast ad free uh, and the Patreon episode as well.
1: If
2: you are on our five dollar tier, of course you can join us at the one dollar tier, and uh, you in, and you get to enjoy this episode ad free every week. As I said, at the five dollar tier, you get you get this, you get the Patreon special, plus you get access to our entire back catalog. And at the ten dollar tier, you can become an executive producer and enjoy all of that. Plus, you get your name sung in our epic um, <laughs> at the end of the uh, at the end of each episode, sung by me. Um, so, isn't that wonderful? You can follow us on uh, all of our social channels with at guitar nerds and join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Thanks very much for tuning in, dear listener. We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, Bye. You're really I to nice Joe Hoprod and Short C Michael Howell Brian said Hans Derek Rich, Rob Nordvik.